Well, hey guys, it's 2.15, uh, so we'll go ahead and get started on time here. Um, I uh, want to first off introduce myself, and fr- thank you guys so much for showing up today. I know it's the, kind of the last one here, so it's uh, everyone's hitting that end-of-the-day slump. Everyone's lunch is settling to the bottom, and everyone's basically ready to go home. So I appreciate you sitting through this one. Um, my name is Derek Smith. I'm the creative pastor at a church called Simple Church in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. It's on the east side. Um, just so you know, um, we run about 250 people. Um, but my my career, if you want to call it that, uh, I started working in creative departments within churches when I was 15. I'm 33, so it's been you know going on that 17, 18 year run now. Um, this is all I've known. Uh, I've worked in pretty much every department you can in a creative field, um, and so my goal today is not to necessarily discuss any one particular topic. Um, it's just kind of talking about creating a creative culture. I didn't name it this. It's really repetitive, and I apologize. Um, but again, uh, thank you. So if you have any questions at the end, I'm going to put my email up. Um, you can certainly reach out if you have a specific topic that you want to talk about as far as building that or developing that. Um, again, we're going to kind of talk about more of the culture part of it, more so than any one particular department or job or role or technology or whatever it is you want to go over. Um, yeah, so again, yeah, but that's my background. Um, again, the first church that I started serving in was about 35 people. Um, when that church kind of closed its doors, I went to a church that was about 65 people. Um, and then my, when my wife and I got married, we switched to a church that was about 800 people. Um, and then we planted Simple Church here about seven years ago. Um, and so we're about 250. So I've got a wide range of, of, of counts, if you want to call it that. Uh, I think it's important because... Everything applies very, very differently to a lot of churches. You know, what a church of 30 can do is very different than what a church of 800 can do or even what 1,000 can do. And I, and I think that's important to know that it's not based on your budget. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit. It's not based on, you know, what you can afford to do because anybody can do something. Um, so I'm going to try not to refer to my notes a lot, but I do, as like a lot of creatives, have severe dyslexia. So uh, re- memorizing things is kind of hard. So I'm going to try and not to uh, stare at them too much. But... Um, we want to first get into about what creativity is, because if we're talking about building a culture of it, we need to talk about what it actually is. And so um, I love, she asked, and I'm sorry I didn't catch your name. Darcy. Darcy. love what Darcy asked. She said, hey, is this like arts and crafts and things like that? And it's really not, because that's what a lot of people think when they hear that, hey, I'm a creative. It means I'm a painter, I'm an artist, I'm a dancer. And that's not what creativity is. So I think we need to start there. Let's see if this is going to work. Fantastic. Technology is lovely. Let's go here. That's pretty. I apologize. Neat. Sorry, give me just one second to deal with all the great technology that works and then fails on you. And it just might not happen today. So, um, I'm going to... Not secure. All right, is what it is. So I'm going to be reading a lot from my notes, and I apologize here just because I can't show you guys what I wanted to show you. Um, but again, if you guys actually want the uh, the slides, I can always throw that up through email if you reach out. If you get advanced, you might be able to hit first seat. Uh, no, it does not. No, it does not give me that option. Oh well. So. 
this is what, <laughs> and you'll learn. That's very important. Again, you know, my current role now is I'm over uh, about 15 different tasks or roles. Um, you know, it's about th four different teams um, with a lot of different things within there. Um, and the idea is I'm not doing much of any of it. I, I'm overseeing it. I'm casting vision. Um, but you know, it's not about doing the tasks. And that's what kind of creating a, uh, a creative culture is about. It's about being able to give away a lot of what you're doing in order to open up space for someone who really has a heart for it and has a calling to it can step into. Um, so yeah, all those tasks are a lot of different things. Um, but so, without having a screen, um, creativity is just the capacity of the human imagination le uh, leveraged against the talent, skill, and hard work. It's not about being a good painter. It's not about being a graphic de designer or a worship leader or a musician or anything like that. Uh, it is literally just about thinking outside the box and problem solving. Um, you know, I think it's important to kind of get an idea of who in this room considers himself a creative. Throw hands. So there's about half of you. And I can guarantee you that it's a lot more than that. Because if you woke up today and you dressed yourself, you had to make decisions that were creative. If you chose to wear, you know, wear plaid with shorts or 10 different patterns or Crocs and socks, which is awful, um, <laughs> it was a creative decision that you chose to dress yourself, right? So that's something that we wake up every day and we are creative. Because at the end of the day, we follow a creative God. God is the inventor of creation. He is a creative being and we are created in his image. So how can we not consider ourselves creative? We are. So uh, creativity is not what you create. It's not an art form. It is literally who you are. Uh, and in order to create a culture of this, you've got to be willing, again, like I said, to open up portals and areas and avenues for the folks on your, in your church to step into. Because a lot of us, as we find that, hey, we're the only creative, and so there's just people that don't have the capacity to do it, or they're not around, or I'm not even creative myself, and you have to realize that that's, that's not really the case. Um, so, you know, we're going to go into, there is a few uh, myths within that. Um, uh, and that, that version is that you're not creative. And again, you are. Um, the second myth within that is that you don't have creative people around you. And I can guarantee you that if you take a minute to stop and look for those people, they're going to they're gonna creep in. Um, you're going to be able to find that there are, there are so many incredible people around you that, again, they might be artists, they might be painters, and that might not be something that makes sense in your church, but I guarantee you they can take that creativity and that spark and put it towards something else. Um, you know, what is something in your church, just so I can kind of guide some of this, what is something in your church that you'd love to see happen creatively that's just not happening now? Anyone care to speak to that? And hands in pointing. I'm a, I'm a worship pastor. Okay. I also oversee like sure. design, website. Yeah. Melody here is a graphic designer. She comes to me with all of her complaints about what we need to change. So we have this design stuff in place. Sure. It's just I, I just feel like it could be working. Okay. That's okay. All right. Um, like our weekly uh, bulletin thing and our website and our app. Yeah. Sure. Sure, just the, the long, lengthy list of everything that needs updating. For sure. For sure, for sure, for sure. Um, and, and, that is, and that is great because the, you know, there, there are so many options that you can do, uh, and, and it doesn't take a lot of time. You know, there are, I'm going to give some resources on here again, but resources, sorry. But again, because this isn't specifically talking to any one particular thing, um, 
there's just tons of options out there for for free options for again how to train free trainings and things that you can do without having to necessarily take on that mantle yourself because we just can't do it all right um, you know, and, and creative people are not rare, they're not elusive, they're not elite, and they're not some, you know, special subset of our culture. This is the everyday person that you are working with every single Sunday. Um, and uh, we are, again, we are, we are all creative. Um, and the third myth that I think we need to debunk right away is that you do not have to create what other churches are creating. You do not have to be what every other church is, because it's not going to get you very far. Again, a rural church of, of 60 people is not going to do, or even what they're going to do, is not going to work the same way it's going to work in a, in, a, in a bigger city church that might have 1,000 people. It just doesn't work that way. Um, and I think too, men, too many of us try to push. They'll see this great idea, and like, we're going to run with this, and we're going to do this, and it just kind of fails, right? Um, and again, failure, I'm going to speak a little bit to that later, that failure is, is kind of great in its own right, um, but you don't necessarily have to head straight for it. Um, so, so the first main point we're talking about is vision. Um, and, the, and the vision is, like most things in the world, you'd have to know your why. If you don't stop for a second and look at, okay, so we want to create this culture of creativity. We want people to find their niche. We want people to, to be able to bring things into the church and, 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 and take the church to a new place because we want to be able to reach more people. Um, you've got to figure out the why behind all that. You've got to create a vision. Um, I'm imagining that most of you have a vision statement for your church, right? And if you don't, I'd start there. <laughs> um, but, you know, create a vision statement for your creative team as you're developing this. The why behind what we do. The, the, usually the why is pretty easy. We want to lead people to Christ, right? We want to get more people saved. We want to get more people in the church so that they can find Jesus through our teachings and our systems and all that stuff, and that's incredibly important. But you've got to start somewhere. You've got to start with your why. Um, and, uh, sorry. And vision is never accidental. Again, most people don't start something and then just happen upon, like, oh, this is really who we are. We should just continue to run with this because this is, this is working for us. It's pretty rare that it actually happens, which is, again, why starting with that uh, is, is powerful. Um, something else that I, I, I run into a lot when talking to, to churches is that they believe that everything they've been doing, which actually, if you, if you hit the opening sermon, um, he was right on the money. What Travis talked about is right on. A lot of what we do is what we've always done. Sally says, well, we've always done the same thing. We've always done our bulletin a certain way. We've always had a Facebook, but we're not going to Twitter. We're not going to any of these other social media platforms, platforms because that is just not what we do. And I think that too many churches have replaced spirituality with standardization. And I think it's super, to re- super important to realize that it, there is no such thing as standard in God's world. God was a very creative God. If you could look across the Bible, um, incredible, incredible miracles were done, which was really just problem solving. It was creativity. And I look at even when he fed the masses with the, the five loaves, right? It's a problem they have, and yet he started creating things out of nothing. He brought something into the world and started feeding all these people. He solved a problem by a pretty incredible uh, creative act. Um, one of my favorites, just because we, we use it quite a bit, is uh, in Mark in two, Mark 2. They talk about when Jesus is at a house and he's, and he's preaching and, he, and, he's, and he's helping people. The place gets so crowded with people that the, the townspeople bring a paralyzed man. And they bring him to, the, to see Jesus and he can't get to the door. There's too many crowds, there's too many people. So they, it says he, they dig a hole in the roof of the building and they lower him down on the mat so that Christ can touch him. And I think it's super important because that's 
That's creativity, right? They found a creative way to deal with a problem, and I think we need to be that same thing in our church. If there's something that we're not striving for, we're not pushing for, we're not being creative. We're not creating that culture and that place for people to jump in. Um, uh, also know that creativity is not simply a platform for a volunteer to stand on. I think something we do is within the goals or the vision that we have set, we kind of get to that point, well, you know, we're going to start a Twitter account because we need to. It's what everyone else is doing. And then you get into this issue where, well, now you just have this thing, this beast that you've got to have someone to man it, but there's no vision behind it. There's no why. And that rarely ever works. And if you're just creating positions to, to give positions, those people are going to get burnt out. They're not going to feel supported. They're not going to feel empowered. And generally what you're doing is going to be, it's not going to be successful. It's not going to point anyone else to God. And it's not going to benefit your church at all. Uh, if what you're doing is just to do it, it's not serving it's not serving the creator, and you have a major, major disconnect. So anything you're going to do, you want to have a why behind it and point it back t- to God. Um, you, know, you have a great calling to bring people to, to Jesus and not just a show. And I think that's something that a lot of churches get into. They get into that, uh, that problem. Again, what Travis talked about is they're just chasing this thing that they've always done, and they completely forget why they're doing it. They're chasing a great light show. They're chasing a great sound. They're chasing a great, you know, following. They're followers on Instagram, and they're forgetting that they're, they've got followers because they want those people to find Jesus through their social media. They want people to be able to walk into a, a church service and find Jesus there. You know, and I, and I think that's why a lot of people deal with, well, I'm not going to bring the lights down because we're not, we don't want a rock show. You know, and I think, you know, we bring the lights down in church for, for a couple reasons. We bring the lights down because we want a guest to walk in and not feel like, oh, well, maybe I walked in five minutes late, and now I'm on display, right? It's easier for them to walk in. And so those are, like, little things that we do to, to point people to um, comfortable environments. Um, I talked about this briefly, but uh, I think a big thing to talk about is, again, the limitations in the budget. Uh, true creativity is found within your limitations, not within your resources. Um, if you actually look at your resources and, and what you can afford and what your budget is, a lot of times it's not that spectacular. I mean, who here has just like an extra $10,000 sitting in their bank account that they can spend on a new lighting system or whatever it is? No hands? That's awesome. So, uh, Lorne Michaels, is a quote from him that I love. Uh, Lorne Michaels is the writer for Saturday Night Live and he said, to me, there is no creativity without boundaries. If you're going to write a sonnet, it's 14 lines. No more, no less. You have to solve the problem while working within that container. Your church is literally your container. Your budget is your container. Your resources, meaning your people, is your container. And if you do not have the manpower, the budget, the cash, the space, the time, what can you do? What steps can you take? Most people won't even take the first step because they know that they're not going to be able to finish the race, and so they're just going to stop there. And they don't actually do what they can because they can't envision, um, again, they, they are envisioning the, that big church creativity, that big church mentality, and they're just not going to get there. But you've got to be able to take that first step to even take that, um, to, get, to get moving. Um, within that, I think that imperfection is part of the perfection of your church. When you start a project, when you start a implementing a new system or a new creative, uh, uh, again, creative project at your church, you have to realize what your end goal is. But you also have to realize that your church people are going to see it, 
in its totality. They're not going to see that maybe you, you skimped a little bit here because you couldn't afford this, this lighting system. Or maybe you built your own frames because you couldn't afford the really expensive displays that a lot of these companies are selling. They're not going to see that. They're going to see the, the total project at the end of the day and they're, and, and they're going to see that you guys put effort into it, which is going to show that you care about them because you have cared about the, the stuff that you're working on for them. Um, I can guarantee you that if you don't say something is wrong with it, no one will notice. It's one of those things that, you know, when you're walking around and you've got a stain on your shirt, there's no one that's going to come up to you and say, hey, you've you got a stain there. Once you bring it up, they're going to talk about it. They're going to ask you how it happened. But if you're not willing to step up and say, hey, so we had to skimp here and we had to save a few bucks here, nobody cares. Just start. Take the first step. Whatever that project is that you want to run at, just run at it. Um, and generally speaking, you're going to find that uh, you're going to create something amazing. Um, yeah, work within your limits. Work within your limitations. Use those to force your creativity. Uh, don't be concerned with what you don't have. Use to the max what you do. If you don't have cash but you have people, you can afford to maybe take on a project that would take a little bit longer but it's going to be pretty cheap. You know, if you can't aff afford a, uh, one of the creative companies or one of these, you know, these builders, these fabricators to come in and build this phenomenal kid space, well, you've got someone who has a vision for it and you've got a lot of manpower and you can do it by hand. If it goes the other way, if you don't have any people but you got a lot of money, there are people out there, that, there are companies that you can hire to come out there and do incredible things around your church because you don't have the manpower, but you happen to have the cash, which I'd say is probably pretty rare, but possible. Um, so I want to go into the strategies. If you don't have a creative culture at your church, which again, some of you may and some of you may not. It sounds like when you, know, you guys have a culture that you're, you're working on and you want to kind of take that to new levels, which is great. But how many people say that in their church they just don't have a creative culture? Okay. To a few of you. Um, so here are some of the strategies that you can do to start getting that culture into a place where you can start coming up with new ideas. The first one is pray. That's pretty obvious. I think it's it goes without saying that you can pray the people in that you need, uh, and pray for the ideas and pray for the wisdom to know what to do with it. Um, again, and if you're not praying about it, that's kind of your first problem. Um, the second thing is practice. Just simply start creating. Start experimenting with the ideas you have. Start doing it. Things will get better, and they're probably going to start out a little rough. But if you start the project, chances are you're going to be really, really proud of what you end up with. Um, again, use what works. What works for some is not going to work for all. Uh, this is one of my favorites. Beg, borrow, and steal. There are a ton of churches around you, around the world, around the globe, that are doing incredible things. And most of the time, and I know I've fallen into this quite a bit, that I'll find an idea, and it's like, well, I really like that idea, but I don't want to steal their idea. Steal it! This is the kingdom, right? This is God's kingdom, and the idea that the God gave this person is for everyone. It's for everyone in God's kingdom. So if you love the idea, run with it. Work with it within your constraints, but steal the idea. You're going to make it your own no matter what anyway because that's what happens as you start it, right? Nothing you create is going to be identical to someone else. So steal the idea if you have the idea, whether it's for a new social media, for branding, for, for a stage design, whatever that is. Take the idea. Run with it. Don't be afraid to do that. Uh, make the ideas your own again, but, but, but run with it. Um, something else I would suggest if you want to create a culture uh, of creativity within your church is, is build into your schedule a creative night or a team night. And what this look like is a lot of people, they have like a midweek rehearsal for your worship team. Consider broadening that. So if you want creative people at your church, you have to, do, you have to start obviously creating some, some space for them. A creative night is a really good way to do that. 
Um, again, we call them team nights because it's a little less on the nose. Um, you can also have other, you know, uh, systems within your church come in. You know, so it's your worship team is there for rehearsing. Well, you can start bringing in more people and saying, hey, well, our worship team is going to be here on our creative night, and we want to also work on building new lighting systems. There's no better time to do it when, when your team is on stage. There's people there. There's life there. You're going to build this community of, of all the creatives in your church. Um, and let's be honest, as leaders at our church, we don't always have time on Sunday to pinpoint a bunch of different people that we can think are creative and run at them. We just, um, just don't have the capacity, right? We're serving in other places, worship leaders. I'm sure there's a lot of people who are on staff at churches. And that's just not an option. So building in a creative night, you have a built-in authentic community where you can post on your social media. You can post on Sunday, hey, we're having this night on Thursday. If you think you're creative or you have any passion to bring something into the world, come out. And once they get there, you can, again, you can pray together. You can talk to them. You can start getting ideas out of them because ideas is where it all starts. And if you don't have people in the room to give you ideas, it's just you. And again, chances are you might not have the capacity to actually run with it. Uh, which brings me to empowerment. Another strategy is empowerment. Most of the time what I have found is that I am a doer. If I have an idea, I'm just going to simply do it. Um, and I realized when I took on the pastoral role at this church that I'm at now, um, my pastor said, okay, what's your goal for multiplying yourself? I was like, well, uh, I don't have any goals for multiplying myself. Like, I've got a lot of things I want to do. I've got a lot of things I think could benefit the organization. I think there's a lot of things we could do that would really reach a whole different people uh, and bring them into and bring them into the kingdom. And he said, so by you doing this one task that you could hand off to somebody else, you're taking away their gift. And that's something that stuck with me for a really long time because, again, being a doer, it is really easy for me to say, I am really good at this. I've done this before. I can go do it. But there's something amazing when you can bring in a youth, someone younger, or just someone who has a passion for it, who has ideas, and bring them into it and train them. And yeah, there is a time when it's like the cost of education is expensive because you're going to not teach someone to do it, but the gift that they're getting, you, you can't make up. There's, there's no way you can put a price tag on that. Um, so empower your people. And if your people aren't giving you ideas and they're not coming to you with creative concepts or projects, it's probably because you're not asking. Or it's because you are so stuck in tradition and what you've always done that you're not opening holes for them to come into. Um, if, someone has, if someone has talked the entire time and they haven't given the opportunity to speak, you're, you're not going to. So I, I, would advance, or I would advise at some time to take a pause and wait for someone else to speak up. Ask for ideas um, within reason. <laughs> if you bring 20 people to the table, chances are um, you're going to have a whole lot of ideas and then you've got to of course have those hard conversations with well we didn't use your idea and you've got to kind of navigate that but bring the right people into the conversation and create spaces for them to come up with ideas uh, again the creative nights the team nights are an incredible place to do that um, because the, the floor is open there's not a there's not a main goal it's not a Sunday service where you have a service to produce and then you've got to take care of your people and things like that it is an open forum for people to come up with ideas and say hey I've been coming to this church for a year, and I've seen you guys have never done this. And this would be really, really cool because I think that these people could use this, these people could, could benefit from this. And then it's, it's, it's empowering them to go, great. How do you suggest we do that? Let me walk with you. Let me support you. Let me fund you. Let me resource you. Whatever that looks like. Let me walk beside you, and let's make that happen. Uh, chances are you're going to find out that they're going to they're make you pretty proud. They're going to do some really, really cool things for the kingdom that you wouldn't have been able to do on your own. And your church is going to be a better place for it. Um, 
Yeah, so you got to give them room to grow. Give them, give the people that you've got room to grow in their creative, uh, in their creative uh, endeavors. Um, it will create again hard conversations with intense honesty if they don't work. Uh, but again, that's just going to bring you guys closer together. It builds connection. Hard conversations suck. They do. <coughs> Almost every conversation that you walk out of, you're going to have a better relationship with that person. Um, hopefully, if done with properly. Um, something else I will say, and this is really important. This is something that I struggle with quite a bit, um, but it's always important to know, is that you call people out by their potential. It's the I see in you mentality. You know, you've got, you don't have a, a lighting team or you don't have any lights and you've been able to purchase some lights or get that going, but you don't have anyone to run it. Finding someone who has a, a passion for that or at least an interest in getting into that. It's, I see in you the potential to really take this team off and, and run, run with it. And that's really, really good to give them that title and give them that position, but there eventually has to be proof of product. Working with someone for a year or two years and, and something's just not taking off it's not necessarily worth something, it's not worth continuing to push something that's just not going to do. You're going to burn them out. Um, it's not going to be empowering. They're not going to feel supported because it's, it, and most of the time it comes with that you're not willing to coach them. You're not willing to have the hard conversation. Um, another really great strategy is to use your youth. I can guarantee you, you have youth in your church or students in your church who can do tech better than you. Right? Uh, I know any time that I have need, I have a hole, something I'm trying to fill in a design team or a photo team or video team, there's someone in high school who's taking a course and they're just killing it. They're doing a great job. They're producing amazing things and we just haven't asked them to help. Um, and a lot of times they're not the people that are going to reach out. Uh, youth and, and, and students in my, in my experience aren't always the ones that are jumping in to help. Sometimes it just ask, it takes asking the question. You know, how, what can I do to help you? What can I do to empower you? What can I do to resource you? Um, and walk beside them. You've got to be willing to take the time to spend with them. It's, it's important. Um, and again, they're going to have crazy, crazy, crazy ideas, I can assure you. Um, uh, because they're, they are generally in the, the culture now, which is a tech culture. It's a creative culture. Um, and they have a lot of times what our churches doesn't. They've got time on their hands. A lot of them aren't necessarily working. Um, and they've got creativity. They've got fresh eyes. Something that we don't always have. Um, the last strategy is to fail. And I know that sounds uh, counterintuitive. But failure really in and of itself is progress. Um, if you look at some of the biggest companies in the world, Google for example, over 30 or 36% of their big projects, their billion dollar projects, have been absolute failures. It's almost 4 out of 10 projects that they've done. Um, has anyone ever heard of uh, Google Notebook? It's basically like Google Docs now, which is really widely used. They spent, it was, it was, I think it was like 400 and some million dollars on Google Notebook, and nobody used it. It was an absolute failure. But they learned what worked, and they learned what didn't. Or even, again, Google, uh, Google Plus. It was a Google social media platform. Is anyone on Google Plus? We got one in the back. <laughs> People that make it, they're very happy with you, sir. Um, <laughs> It's one of those things that not every process is going to work, and we have to allow failures to, to mold us and mold our ideas moving forward. Um, because if you, don't, if, you don't, if you look at a failure as a failure and not progress, you're going to stop, and you're not going to try and think of the next thing, and you're not going to go after that and take the next steps to, to make it better. Um, 
And something else is that if you've got a team that you've created, and you've created a, 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 a let's just say it's a lighting team. I keep going back to that, but, um, and they're just not getting it. If you allow the failures to be failures and not progress and be able to coach them and, and get them help, um, it's going to erode your faith in your teams. And I can guarantee you that if your faith in them is eroding, their faith in you is also eroding. That if you aren't constantly, sometimes in the dirt with them, when things aren't working, you're down there uh, and, and you're helping them struggle. You're helping them learn and get better and grow. They're going to look at it as well. I just have no support. And I guarantee you they're not going to last long. And when your creative people leave, that culture leaves. Um, so, you know, fail. Fail up. It's, it's, it's a really, really cool thing to see when someone fails and they say, well, this didn't work, but I think we could use this for this and this is going to totally take off. And then, and then run with it. Um, and I'm sorry, again, if I'm talking really fast, it's just my nature. So I apologize. Um, last thing is going to be resources. Um, your resources, again, are your people. Uh, different people on different teams have different ideas. And they're, they go to your church, they see what you do, and they're going to have a totally different outlook on what that is. Y- you would be surprised at how many times we've been trying to implement new video systems or, or graphics or announcement videos and things like that. And someone from our kids program comes up and says, hey, you know, when we're in kids, we don't always get to be in service, but I happened to get through a service today and I saw that you guys were doing this. Have you ever thought about doing this? And usually, it's, it's usually pretty mind-blowing what they come up with. Because again, you need fresh eyes. When you've been doing the same thing over and over and over again, you rarely think about how it could be better. Because you're usually doing this and this and this and this and this, and you just don't have the capacity to focus on that one thing. Um, and again, we're not talking about an art form. We're not talking about drawing and painting. This is an overall culture. Um, and, and we want to create a culture of creativity because that's what God wants. Everything God has done has been in a way to create a culture uh, and, and bring in things to further his kingdom. And if we want to reach people that aren't being reached, we've got to do things that we're not currently doing. And if you want to have exactly what you have, continue to do what you're doing. You know, nothing changes but change. Um, so yeah, so your resources are your people. Ask the people around you. Bring different people into a project. If you're working on, you want to implement some new system, bring in someone from a totally different department from your church and, with fresh eyes and say, hey, how would you suggest we do this better? How could this help your team? How can you feed into what we're doing here? Um, another good resource is Pinterest. And a lot of people laugh, you know, but you'd be surprised at how many churches post on there. They post stage designs. They post lighting designs. They post social media strategies. There's a lot of free content on Pinterest. And again, going back to the big borrow and steal. Try it. Take what they're doing. If you see a stage design that you love, see what you can do to make it happen at your scale. There are a lot of resources out there for, uh, for supplies, for building materials that would look really, really good that don't cost you anything at all. Um, some other great resources, and again, I apologize, I can't bring them up here, um, but I, I can send those out, but that's, it's, there's, if you're trying to do stage designs or, or environmental designs, there is churchstagedesignideas.com, which is really long, um, but it's 100% free. And most of them give you, hey, this is what it looks like, this is exactly how we built it step by step. And most of those are not million dollar churches that have the budget to create these big sets it's pallet wood, it's plastic, it's coroplast, it's just, it's, it's people resources, but it's not cash. Um, there's creativechurch.com, it's crtvchurch.com, 
um, they give away a ton of resources. Um, most of what they do is ideas. Um, they do have some great one-day uh, kind of breakouts that you can go to and learn a great deal from some really, really creative people. Uh, Creation Swap is great for graphics. If you do not have a graphic designer, I suggest Creation Swap. They give a lot of stuff away for free. They do sell some other stuff, but there is nothing better than FREE. Um, and again, if you're looking for, again, really good resources, is Pro, Tool, uh, Pro Church Tools. They have a YouTube channel. They've got a podcast. They've got a website. Pretty much anything you want to do at your church that has any kind of creative bearing at all, Church Pro Tools, uh, or sorry, Pro Church Tools is going to have that. And then social media. Check out other churches. See what they're doing. Um, see what works for them. A lot of them are going to tell you what works and what doesn't if you reach out to them. And uh, there's, again, nothing, nothing wrong with trying something and seeing if it sticks. Um, I know I shot through a lot of this just because I was kind of reading it, but um, is there any questions? Is there anything you guys have questions about as far as creating a, a culture that I, that I missed running through? No? Is there anything, any particular project? Again, you guys talked about like a bulletin, but is there any other project that you guys are wanting to launch that you need first steps in? Or, you know, I'm not an expert in anything, but I, I've kind of done it all in some form or fashion over my 17 years. But <laughs> yes, sir. All right. So, let's say we have a really big stage. Sure. I'm just going to ask you about stages. Sure. There. All right. Really big stage, like 90 feet wide. Nice. Um, and it looks terrible. It's just so open and blank right now. Uh, yeah, I can't go into it. I'll send you a picture later. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we, we like the idea of a, of a back screen. Uh, Launchers are doing rear projection screens. Sure. On the floor, behind the team. Clean up the space a little bit. That way when the pastor preaches, you just have a good design behind them. Uh, looked at the LED, LED panels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I quickly looked it out of the way. Yeah. Uh, so I looked into some weird projection stuff. I don't know if you had any suggestions along that line. Yeah, I would say there's a lot of things you can do. Um, uh, if you've got a big, is your back wall flat? It's uh, angled. Okay. Uh, it's have a huge choir of like 100 people. So sure. Like a section for each. Sure. So you can build a giant screen under very, very little. Um, there's actually a website called carlsscreens.com, uh, and you can get screen material for uh, pretty much about 70% of what the larger, hey, that's nice, about 70% of what most uh, sites are going to do. Um, and all that takes is putting in a wood frame. You don't have to go and spend money on the trussing. Uh, trussing is stupid expensive. Um, you can build it out of a wood frame or even you know PVC pipe. Actually, usually if you pr brace it, it's strong enough to put up a screen. Um, and then look for the Facebook groups that sell used church equipment. Uh, we actually just did this at one of our new buildings. We actually have, uh, it is a 25 foot wide screen. Uh, I think it's roughly eight or 16 feet tall. Um, and the whole project with the, the screen and we have an ultra short throw projector because we don't have space in the back of our room to do a rear projection. So we have an ultra short throw that is, the screen again is massive and the projector is about here and it fills that big of a screen. And it's probably a $4,000 projector that we found on a Facebook group that is used church gear. Um, and it was like 500 bucks. Oh, 
and we've used it solid for a year and it's still in mint condition. There's always resources out there for finding things like that. But yeah. Oh, totally. And that's why I asked him if he had a flat wall. Yeah, if you've got a flat wall, yeah. paint yeah, out the... We have two big screens. Yeah. yeah. Two we just want something for the center. Yeah. Kinda, that can be like our, our flow with designs and moving graphics. Yeah, absolutely. All the lyrics are on the, the top. Yeah, I would absolutely suggest um, looking into that cheap screen material and then just building your own frame. It, it's, it'll be portable. It'll be lightweight. You can build it in a couple hours. And again, you're, you're looking at... The screen, if you're looking really big, is usually 250, maybe 300 bucks. But you can build the frame for less than 100 dollars. Mount it straight to your wall. Yeah, I like the new laser uh, yeah. projectors. For sure. Yeah. Again, it just comes down to cost. That's not always feasible. Yeah. I have another question over here. Oh, I saw a hand raised. Um, yeah, none of my stuff's coming up anyway, so that's good. Um, I'm going to throw my email here. If you guys have any questions, again, I know this is very quick and uh, kind of broad. But if you guys have any questions, feel free to send them to me. I, that's, that's what I love to do. It's my passion. I'm not a, f I'm not a speaker, as you guys can clearly tell. Um, I'm a second chair leader, and, and I love that. I love being able to support the vision of my church, support the vision of my pastor. Um, and, and I do that through, being, through, through help leading from that second chair. Uh, and, and, and so my, my kind of personal calling is to help churches kind of find their creative, their creative dream and, and get them there. Because that's most of the time, again, they're just not willing to get there. Um, so anything I can do to help, man, I, I love to help. I'd love, I love to. So um, Now that this is running, I don't know that I've got anything that I didn't hit, but um, again, if, is there, if there's no further questions, I'll probably end a little early just because I've got nothing else to go over. So we'll get you in, get restroom breaks before... Uh, final uh, session. So thank you guys so much. Appreciate it.